0: That's all right. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, interesting experiences from the shady door to door sales and tactics all the way to social selling with Digital Marketer, huh? Yeah. I do have some some kind of right. questions, but but if you're gonna tease the war story like that, Marcus, and you're not gonna get into it, um, I think it's time that we start to talk about that because this is really what the the podcast is really about, right? Somebody super successful, at a great company like Digital Marketer to be able to go back and tell a story in their first couple of roles that now you can look back and go oh my god yeah. that was so silly and I can't believe I had to do it but man it, it <laughs> built some character right built some character in there so give us your war story let's hear about that enterprise let me guess the manager program in enterprise I remember that hearing that one quite a bit when I was a kid oh wow there we go first of all I want to I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you two stories they kind of are connected to one another but I'll, I'll tell you the enterprise one first okay. so working MBA is literally literally how they sold that program And I remember sitting there going, like, okay, yeah. like, And they they really got you into this mindset that you could be a millionaire renting cars. Because if you know the structure of enterprise or any kind of rental car company, they have these people who are, are like, kind of group managers, and they're grouped together by region. So you got, like, Buffalo, Syracuse, Rochester, Albany, and those would be, like, four cities under a group. And that group manager, who's getting a clip of everything, is absolutely making, you know, $1.5, $1.6 million a year renting cars. Uh, oh gosh, yeah, and 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 the people who own enterprise, since it was a privately still a family owned company, um, are probably doing okay, you know. Um, but me, <laughs> I, can I was like why wide eyed. Yeah, they're probably doing all right, I think, you know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I came in there and I'm like, yeah, man, I want to be a part of this. I went to the training. They gave me a rental car to drive to the training. They put me up in this hotel. That was my first business trip, guys. Like, I was hyped. I mean, I I remember. Sure. I remember sitting there going, like, "All right, like I've made it. This is good. I'm making- You're in the Marriott. Made- you peaked. You probably peaked there. Yeah, you might have peaked. That was that was peak market. I did. I absolutely. That was that was it. That was it. I mean, here here are the other things that they did. So they gave me. Uh, I think I made a thousand dollars a week, and I worked a thousand hours. So that doesn't work <laughs> out. And then I also um, they gave me a three hundred dollars stipend to go buy um, a suit. Like, I, they they were very aware that people were coming out of college or, you know, whatever situation, and they were like, hey, you can opt into a $300 voucher to Macy's to go get some professional clothes because they required you to wear a suit and tie every day. Yeah. At least they did. Yeah. Now I've seen some pretty sloppy enterprise locations. But they made me do that. You had to keep, keep a clean-shaven face. I mean, it was very, like – buy the book, kind of, you know, by the way, that $300 investment was something that came out of your check over 16 checks.
1: So it wasn't Classic. quite a gift. Classic. If you made it that far, and right? So, um, if you made it that I, far,
0: for God's sake. Right. I, 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 and so I got to, so I got to the, you know, got through the training. I was I was very good through the training. Mean, most of the times with was role-played and selling because the main objective of a enterprise rental car uh, manager and training program is to get people to to buy the insurance mm. and, uh, i wish there was a different kpi but honestly that's <laughs> what it was and i used to sit there and and uh, enterprise with tagline is like we'll pick you up so i used to go and kind of like pick people up and, and they what's the first thing somebody says when they get in the car if they if they don't want to buy the insurance what are they going to say we don't want to buy the insurance <laughs> there maybe winner right they say they say that or they say Hey, I've got my own insurance. They're already hyper sensitive about it. Sure. And they say, oh, well, you know, my credit card takes care of that. Mm-hmm. And so I, for the next 45 five minutes of that car ride, or however far away we were, was just my whole goal was to scare the shit out of them. <laughs> like, that was it. That was my sales pitch. Oh, I've heard so it was this. Like, yeah, man, you have know that $500 deductible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you guys said, hey, you know what? You got your own insurance, but that $500 deductible is going to go against the car that's not yours. Plus, man, I mean, when you do that, you're, you're putting in your deductible. And, by the way, you probably – do you have kids? I mean, it was awful. Don't tell me yeah, you, you went mean, level three level three pain here. Oh, wow. Love it. Oh, man, I went, like, level 27 pain. Like, if you start talking <laughs> about people's kids and getting them to think about, like, the bad things that could happen to their kids so that they buy an eight ninety nine a day waiver for their actual, like, protection package on their rental car, like, you you are – I am the stigma. Now that I'm thinking about it, I ruined – the sales segment. I'm trying to take it back, but clearly I had a I had an issue. So, that's um, awesome. anyway, so yeah, so here's the story. So every day that I would come in, one of the things that I was really good at, which I don't talk about a lot, is I actually I rented a lot of cars to drug dealers, <laughs> and you were good at it. They need to rent cars. Oh for man, and sakes. they would come back and only they, they would come back and only ask for me. And then I would make sure that they get them a nice car. I knew what they were. I mean, I knew that they. I knew they were not like respectable business people when sure. I was renting it to them. And then I kind of just started building my book of business, which they didn't. That was not recommended, uh, by the way. So I had like a Rolodex of drug dealers in <laughs> the Greater Syracuse area who would only rent. Who would only rent for markets. So I think, in a way, I was enabled. I might. I should probably go to jail. You verticalized. Probably have to go to jail at some point, in my life. Que- oh man, I was an enabler, right? The or maybe I was the kingpin. I don't know what you The question right. mark is yeah, the yeah, question mark says is, is, is did you get them to buy the insurance? Oh yeah, full vote. I mean everything <laughs> they didn't need, plus some of them bought bought the extra. They're drug dealers, but they're, they're still dealers, reasonable, right? 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 You worked yeah. it out. They had a need, I mean, you had a need, right? I mean You
1: yeah, asked yeah, about their I re- mean like
0: what drugs are they like what level of drugs are they selling? Is really what it comes down to, you know? So, yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that I I unintentionally was the kingpin and had a unintentional role and I can either confirm or deny the fact that I was a part of it. The Walter White of Enterprise, enterprise Rent-A-Car. I love it, love it. Walter White yeah. over here. So so that that that's my war story is that um I'm not mean you know, I'm not proud of it, uh, my early days of of drug trafficking, but I was a really good salesperson, <laughs> and uh that's story number 1. And I and sometimes think leads are like more like drug Yeah, let's hear the too. second story the second story is funny because it actually is much more heartfelt and meaningful but do you remember when I said I worked at I worked at Therapy University I was an admissions counselor and yep. when I did that, that that day that I sat there and looked out at the audience and I asked them if everything sucked and they agreed and I switched it I actually didn't tell anybody I was switching the program so I had I, and this is this was kind of like as they started to see that I was really good at speaking and doing some other things in front of people and I and I liked giving those kinds of Admissions presentation, I was doing four or five a week. I was doing one a day at least, and every single time that there was like big crowds would come through, they would go, Oh, yeah, Marcus likes this, people seem to like it, but they were never there. No one actually was looking at what I was doing or what I was saying. All they would do is like sometimes they would swing by and they'd see people laughing hysterically, or you know, they would just get a ton of of these like forms, people filling out applications. They were just getting a ton of these. So. Without knowing, one day on a Saturday we did a Saturday open house and I was in there speaking, going through my normal like BS like big personality talking about stories and getting people to laugh about it and sharing you know 10% of what Syracuse University actually actually had to offer and more so just like my experience as a student. And I'll tell you what happened was is that the Chancellor, and so for people who don't understand Chancellor, is the president of the university, happened to be there in the back, and I didn't know she was there. So the next day, I get called to the dean of admissions office, and it was a simple phone call from her secretary saying, hey, Marcus, uh, the dean would like to see you in her office. Uh, the, vice, the, the chancellor was in your presentation on Saturday. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm fired. <laughs> like, I'm so... I'm so fired right and I was like no way so I'm like sweating and going up in you know into this elevator and going up into the dean's office which is an incredibly bureaucratic environment let me just say like 1970s like plastic plants and just I don't know like soulless page pictures on the wall and I'm sitting there and, and the dean comes in and they go hey I was in your presentation it was amazing and she goes, can you? we're actually pulling people together because I would like you to teach the rest of the department how to get presentations like that because your application is by far the biggest out of everyone. And in addition to that, we're going to send you on the road to Harvard, to BU, um, and to some other pretty big university like Tufts and Rutgers, et cetera, to teach their admissions team your presentation. Wow. That's pretty solid. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty big turnaround. It's an emotional that's roller coaster awesome. to me. It's a good story. It was a roller coaster of emotion, but it, what what was really interesting about salespeople and what is attributed to that I can kind of attribute any success success I've had to that because I've literally now tried things and totally owned the fact that I, they could have potentially been an absolute bomb. Some of them have been, some of them weren't like this congratulatory thing inside of a, in, an office with with a with a big leader. A lot of them were like, "Hey, um, you suck and fix it or you're fired." But I I still take risks as a salesperson. I feel like. I've taken on a lot of different risks. I've moved seven different, seven different cities in this journey to kind of get here. And so I think that that was just kind of cool to actually take some risk as a salesperson and, and try to come out on your own and, and do it your way, which is, which is a, that, that one paid off. That one paid off.